0: Hey everyone, this is Chris. I'm coming to you at the top of today's podcast with a reflection. Later on in this episode, I'm going to be talking about some family struggles that are pretty personal and vulnerable regarding race and politics. We did our best to anonymize those relationships in an effort to preserve them and hopefully facilitate healing and reconciliation. I decided to leave in this really raw conversation because I know a lot of you can relate to treading through these muddy waters with the people that you love. I know how complicated that is. I hope this conversation is helpful for you, and I hope as you listen that you find ways to keep entering these necessary conflicts and you keep finding healing and wholeness in the process.
1: The spirit of incarceration dwells here. We're moving by the pack, so we're moving them And even if you don't, then you do because you're cool with them They be like, I only went to school with them Let's
0: get it
2: Three, two, one Welcome to Color Correction A GCC podcast about race and faith From the perspective of an Asian guy, a black girl, and a white guy too I'm Andrew, I use he, him pronouns, I'm Asian
1: My name is Beth, I use she, her pronouns And I'm a black woman my name Wait, is Chris. I want my sound effect.
2: <laughs> you really want the sound effect? All right. Yes. All right. Say, say it again.
1: Okay. So my name is Bethany. I use she/her pronouns, and I am a black woman. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
2: We <laughs> <laughs> just let it go on for a little while.
1: <laughs> now it's offering. <awkward. laughs> People love you, Beth. <laughs> Woo, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. okay, go ahead, Chris.
0: Oh, I'm still here. Okay, <laughs> Um, I'm Chris. Um, I use he/him pronouns, and I am white. Um, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> this this is uh, this is take two of this episode, and I guess in the the, the time between the first and second recordings of this, we discovered. That there's this cool sound effect panel, which I didn't intend to use, but here we are,
1: <laughs> with me demanding it.
2: Um, so hold on.
0: Oh. <laughs> All right, the last time I'll do that.
2: Um, so the reason, um, the reason that we're re-recording this episode is that we this is our kind of. <laughs> Year end. You should
1: have used that when what? Chris made one of his jokes.
2: <laughs> now I'm just gonna have to do it after every joke, or it'll feel, it'll feel
0: like he's bombing. It'll feel like dead air. Right, right. Hey, did you guys know I invented anti-racism? <laughs> All right. That's it. That's the last time we're doing okay, that.
1: Okay, we can't use them anymore. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's um, how we're ending 2021.
0: So <laughs> 1980s uh, right, sound with ones.
2: a laugh track. Um. <laughs> so the first thing we'd like to do, well, let's do this first. The first thing we'd like to do is talk about um, pr- what we wanted to mention or bring up or correct from previous episodes.
1: Yeah, so the last episode was the mini episode with me and my mom. um, And that was such a sweet gift of a conversation by the end when my mom was saying, you know, me and Bethy, which I thought was so funny. I'm like, everybody knows she calls me Bethy now. (laughs) But when me, you know, me and Bethy, we just talk. And by the end, I was so like choked up that I just kept on saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what I wanted to say was like, my mom is such a gift and she's my best friend. And it was so, so beautiful having that conversation mm-hmm. with her, even though mm-hmm. I was huffy towards her too. I felt bad about that at points when I listened back. So yeah, that's what I wanted to correct was my huffiness towards my mom.
0: Man, I I, I want to correct the correction. I, I appreciated the huffiness. Like it's a real <laughs> relationship. We got to like witness you two just connecting to each other. I loved it
2: yeah honestly I loved it too just because the huffiness just just gave it a little bit of tension to make it interesting
0: (laughs) to make it good radio
1: to make it good radio
2: (laughs) because I feel like sometimes I'm the same way with my mom where she's off where she goes off on on something like god did this god did that god told me this god told me that and I'm like all right, mom sure
1: yeah (laughs) that's that's how I was like my friends and my listeners are gonna hear you going off about this (laughs) and they're gonna think I'm charismatic too (laughs) Like I think that's what was going on for
0: me. I can relate to that. And we have heard Andrew do that. It's the um uh uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I hate my voice when I talk to my mom. (laughs) Instantly sound like I'm 14 years old.
1: (laughs) My favorite moment with you and your mom, I think we were walking up to the pizza shop one time for some sort of participatory defense event, but you didn't know that she was coming. And as we were walking up the street, you saw her in the car. (laughs) You turned to her and go, what are you doing here? <laughs> like no hello, no nothing. And when I heard you say that, I was like, "Oh, who who's rolled up on my boy Andrew?" And it was your mom. <laughs> uh. I instantly turned and I was like, "That's Lily. Don't be talking mm-hmm. to Lily yeah, like exactly. that."
2: Yeah, well, anywhere my mom shows up, I I instantly turn into Lily's kid. So, <laughs> and I was like, "This is my thing, Mom. Why are you here?" Yeah, that's
1: how I felt. But yeah, that episode was sweet.
0: It, yeah, was. it was great. It was. Thanks for putting that together. Um, so, in preparation for this, I've been listening to episodes from this year, and admittedly, I did not get very far. Um, But I did go back and listen to episode 38, which is our Answer Me episode. Um, And one of the things we talked about was leaving the city. um, And we talked a lot about um, the part that schools play in people's decisions to leave the city. And um, I said in that episode that I would love to know that people in our region are taking a collective approach to addressing inequity. And little did I know, um, here's the correction, that there is Right now, a lawsuit um, in our Commonwealth, um, or whatever whatever court that is, I'm going to get that part wrong. But um, there are six PA school districts um, challenging the laws around fair funding right now, um, and there's more information on that at fundourschools.pa.org. So.
2: Awesome. Um, so, uh, as I briefly mentioned earlier, this is our take two on this episode because we got about half an hour into recording last time when Bethany was like, this feels off, doesn't it? And <laughs> we were like, yeah. Yeah, it feels off. Because we, we had, mm-hmm. in, the, in this re- year-end recap episode, I guess we had this big list of current events, and we were just kind of going through them and on fur- boringly. Yeah, boringly yeah on further right. reflection we realized that like even though a ton of stuff happened this year like uh historical stuff you know like the January 6th Capitol riot and stuff not all of it had the same like emotional weight to us mm-hmm. like certain mm-hmm. things and and not all of it was as deeply impactful to us in our personal lives so um We figured we would do this differently in that we would recap the year by talking about um, maybe a particular episode that was meaningful to us, but also whatever particular event or thing that happened to us and why it was meaningful to us, which I think might be a more productive way to to talk about this. So
1: I do think it makes sense to start with uh, Ku Klux Christians. (laughs) Because <laughs> that did a, that did start our year off crazy. It sure
2: did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, say more about that. Why does it make sense to start with that?
1: I don't know, because that that was how the year started mm-hmm. and that really it, it almost was some foreshadowing for what we're dealing with at the church right now. Yeah. When I think about it.
2: Yeah, I think what we're dealing, and what we're dealing with in the church right now, and when when we say the church, we mean specifically our faith community in Philadelphia, um, is that we've been doing the work of anti-racism for a a long time, and uh, at this point, the church is encountering a a significant amount of resistance to the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a lot of it has felt kind of painful, and relationships have been lost, and Mm. a lot of us are just kind of stressed out and exhausted and I'm
1: reeling. Yeah. I feel like reeling is like the best way for me to describe myself right now.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know I think it, it really came to a head for me when I th- like two weeks ago or whatever um, somebody graffitied the front of our, our church facade which, which has a Black Lives Matter sticker and somebody graffitied God says all lives matter under that mm-hmm. and uh, and I heard this from more than one person, but people were like, "Do you think somebody we knew did that? Like, do you think?" Yeah. And and the the fact that that could be like a realistic thing that multiple people are worried about and think could be possible,
1: it speaks volumes. It does. To yeah. Where we're at.
2: Yeah. Um. And I think the problem with that previous episode is that like that's what was in our heads. That's what we were mm-hmm. all were thinking about. But yeah. like we didn't want to. Like it it would just we felt like we don't
1: know how much we can talk about Yeah, for one thing
2: yeah also we're like in the middle of it right now so it's hard to like offer a reflection when you're just like surrounded by it right now it's yeah. hard
1: to offer reflection when you're still drowning mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. can you imagine interviewing somebody as they were drowning <laughs> right. about their experience with <laughs> drowning it would be like no bitch like get me out of here right. like yeah. get me a lifesaver <laughs> Yeah, but yeah
2: yeah precisely yeah. and I think for that reason like even producing episode this is podcast has felt kind of weird to me because I'm thinking to myself like can I say anything productive when what I'm really trying to do is just stay afloat right now You know, Mm -hmm. can I offer Mm -hmm. anything, or is what I'm going to offer going to be weaponized or used against me, or like who's really listening to us, or stuff like that? You know. Mm -hmm.
1: For me, I said uh, the episode "Who Collects Christians" was some foreshadowing, not because our church um, is is causing an insurrection or something like that. That's not, but just the surprise Mm -hmm. of how racism shows up and how. Intense, it can get quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's where I see the foreshadowing,
2: yeah, um I mean, and that is the backdrop to our year, and that is uh, like the the feeling behind a lot of our emotions and our a lot of our exhaustion, and I think probably like a lot of the lack of regular podcast updates for the latter half of the year mm-hmm. um, yeah i I think the the surprise of what people are capable of was definitely. Um, I think consistently in this year I've come to I've been running up against my own lack of imagination
1: mm-hmm.
2: when an episode that reminds me of that besides the January 6th episode which is like the episode before that you're predicting the end of America and I was like yeah sure <laughs> maybe metaphorically <laughs> <laughs> and then like and then there's like a, a there's a civil war happening in Washington DC the week after mm-hmm. So, like, it speaks to my own lack of imagination. Uh, But another episode that reminds me of my own lack of imagination is um, the... uh, You
1: also don't have to imagine anything. We've seen that before. Like, we've seen nations get radicalized like that in history. Mm -hmm. And we've seen leaders tell their people, like, no, like... This is actually the truth. And we've like, that's how Hitler got into power. That's how other leaders have gotten into power is just radicalizing people. So like, you didn't have to imagine shit. Just look at history. Like, I knew when Trump was planting those seeds that this election was false. Mm-hmm. I knew that was bad because throughout history, when leaders get real bombastic like that, their followers get violent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's I don't know if true. I'm a prophet or if I just read too much.
2: Well, I mean, the it's other thing is line. that there are so many things about the current these current events that feel like they were unimaginable, but then you look back and you see they were inevitable. Not only were they inevitable, yeah. but they, they've happened before in history. Like, is, this isn't the first time there's been, like, an e- epidemic that's killed hundreds of thousands of people. This isn't mm-hmm. the first time we've had to, like, deploy every single public health measure from in including vaccines and masks mm. and all these different mandates. Yeah, it, like this isn't the first time this has happened, but so many people are, are limited by their ability to imagine it until it started hitting them, you know? It's like the only...
1: I don't think people are limited by their imaginations. I think people are limited by the hubris of white supremacy. Like Americans always think, particularly Americans, because we are so like... Um, cemented in white supremacy and western culture but like i think americans couldn't imagine us suffering like we have been in the pandemic Mm -hmm. i don't think Mm -hmm. americans could imagine a civil war like we've seen in other countries so i don't know if it's people's imagination as much as it's like white arrogance
2: i think that white arrogance is imagination killing Mm. That's what I think. I think white. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I mm-hmm. think w- I think white. Super- what white supremacy does is strangle your imagination.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's amazing to me how like how white people get up in arms every time like a comic book character is like represented by like it, like like a not like the idea of like a black Superman or something or a black Spider Man and like <laughs> comic book like nerds just go nuts and they're like right. social justice warriors are destroying comic books i have literally been like in my little nerd brain like from the time i was a little kid like transposing my like uh, my face or whatever onto these characters Mm -hmm. you know that i've been trying to relate to them trying to stretch my imagination to understand them like my entire life um and so and that's and and it comes like second nature to me uh Mm -hmm. but it's like but through that act of imaginative that that's that imaginative leap, which isn't even that big of an imaginative leap, like right. is 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 a, uh, it's asking too much of like white people to do it. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. they can't even they can't even get their head around it. All they can do is complain. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think like w- white supremacy strangles your imagination. It stops you from understanding what's like w- w- that what is isn't necessarily what can be. Hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So. And
1: I guess it it strangles your imagination because as a white person, you may not have had to have that much imagination. That's kind of what I hear you describing. Yeah. Like it's, it's a muscle that hasn't quite been worked.
2: Yeah, precisely. Yeah. 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 I mean, white supremacy tells us that this particular system where white people are on top, where, where capitalism runs the world, where, um, you know, you, you colonize a thing and then it just gets bigger and better and expands and, and it and, and sells copies of itself until it expands across the solar system and the galaxy. Like that is the arc of human history and nothing mm-hmm. can stop it because it, nothing has stopped it before. And that's all mm-hmm. we can imagine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the past and in the future. The only story we can tell mm-hmm. because that's the story of white supremacy. but bringing this around to what I'm trying to talk about which is the episode that I (laughs) like I found my imagination challenged in the episode with Wes um, the um, longing for home episode because I realized how how much my particular imagination even when it came to like race and stuff hadn't wasn't flexible enough to understand where he was coming from where like Wes as a mixed race person as somebody who's half white and half asian navigates all these weird boundaries and expectations mm-hmm. and other people aren't sure what to make of him and he's mm-hmm. not sure where he belongs or where his home is um and talking to him about that really opened my eyes to the ways that i myself had been stuck in all these rigid Categories, mm-hmm. these rigid binaries, and I just, in my conception of things, I don't know if I had room for him until he, mm-hmm. until he made me have room for him by having this conversation with us. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, One of the most beautiful things that I've ever heard anybody say came from Wes in that conversation when he said that him and his wife have have worked to create home in each other. Oh, and,
0: I'm glad yeah. you said that. I've been thinking so yeah, much that about beautiful. that.
1: That was so beautiful and was also such an interesting concept to Mm -hmm. consider that like if your identity based on like societal concepts is in kind of a liminal space that you can choose what home is and what familiarity is or what is familial Mm -hmm. for you and create that intentionally with a partner. That concept has been really beautiful to me, even though I feel pretty like I'm Black like, I ain't got no, ain't no getting around <laughs> that. But just the idea of being able to intentionally create home, that that's just so beautiful to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That that idea of taking, that idea of building home or mm-hmm. d- deciding for yourself what's home. I don't know. Why was that meaningful to you, do you think?
1: I think, one, it just sounded really pro- poetic mm-hmm. and romantic. <laughs> yeah. But I think the idea of intentionally creating home for oneself Mm. really resonated for me as like a single 31-year-old woman. Mm. Like, Home wasn't always the most fun space for me growing up. So there's a lot of intention that I take in creating my own home and creating traditions in my home even by myself. Hmm. So I think it just sounded really poetic and beautiful and also something that I could relate to in that like having agency over creating home for yourself and creating a space where you belong in a world um, that is constantly telling us marginalized people that we don't belong
0: beth what's a can you what's a tradition that you do in your home
1: um I think another tradition that I think of I didn't grow up celebrating Juneteenth, but as I've gotten um older and I've had friends that do um Juneteenth parties every year or barbecues or some sort of acknowledgement, my Juneteenth tradition has become um celebrating and also talking very intentionally about reparations. Um, So one of my favorite podcast episodes this year, I don't know why I said podcast. So one of my favorite episodes this year was our episode where we talked about the reparations campaign with Tess, who oh, yeah. was so incredible for that campaign mm-hmm. and so organized. Um, but yeah, as a church we were able to raise $32,000 to give back to our Black Covenant members mm-hmm. just off of the strength of learning about reparations and trying to right a systemic injustice and an, a systemic wrong.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. probably the, the favor- my favorite thing that we did all year
0: that was amazing. Hmm. I mean, and we we actually deliver those checks together. Oh, that also was fun. Yeah, that also, was fun. really fun. That was great.
1: I still haven't gotten over Andrew calling me a deputy truancy officer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you knew the Northeast really well you <laughs> like, knew something. where all the like turns were and stuff uh and and yeah because i guess you were driving around the truancy opposite <laughs> oh amazing yeah that was great that was a lot of fun i enjoyed that t- was a
1: really fun day it was
2: really and we fun. still owe each
0: other some arby's off of that yeah oh,
1: that was so upsetting and there was just a sign we're not we'll be open again tomorrow
0: yeah oh i <laughs> love good Star. arby's I actually, uh,
2: I, I wrote an article about June t- the Juneteenth Wealth Redistribution that's, that will be appearing in G's Magazine on uh, January 1st. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so cool. That spoke to how much I appreciated uh, participating in it and being led by, honestly, people that had more imagination than I did. Beth, who came mm-hmm. up with the idea, and, mm-hmm. and, and Tess, who like, had the incredible logistical minds. Uh, to, and to made like a up. teaching tool. Right. And all the materials that people came up yeah, with it was just like that she and Wes put
0: together. Yeah.
1: It was insanely like yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I really enjoyed when we got to sit down with Pastor Donna Jones. Um and, and talk about just one really cool thing in this in this same vein, like that people in our city were trying to do after the after the demonstrations following George Floyd's death. And because of that, um Donna, along with another person that came with, like, this great vision, work with, work with the DA, work with the... I, I, you can listen to the episode. I, I, like, maybe I don't want to go into the whole thing again. But in any case, like, what was so great about that, again, I, I mean, I, like, as we're talking about imagination and, like, the, the, the stranglehold that white supremacy has on our imagination, it also really factors in the way we think about what is just and what is possible... Um, for healing and reconciliation.
2: Yeah, I I really liked that episode and that conversation with. with she was Pastor fun too. Yeah, she was fun. That was really great.
1: I felt like you guys were gonna replace me with her. She was so fantastic, <laughs> you guys. She
0: was great. <laughs> Just the we did the, we did uh, have a good we did have a good have a good vibe.
1: Yeah, the charisma and everything. Yeah. I was definitely nervous. Um, but something that I have really been fixated on since it happened was Jeff Bezos. Going to outer space for 11 minutes. I think it was one of the most alarming displays, alarmingly disgusting displays Mm -hmm. of like capitalism and patriarchy and Mm -hmm. imperialism. And the fact that like it was being celebrated worldwide that somebody just had enough wealth from gaining so much wealth during a pandemic Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. everybody was stuck at home having to order from Amazon. To have that person then like televised taking that money to outer space for 11 goddamn minutes Mm -hmm. on a fucking outer space dick was one of the wildest things (laughs) Uh that I have ever seen in my life. And I feel like nobody has been talking about it that way.
0: Not enough
2: yeah I, I mean you feel like nobody's been talking about it that way.
1: I haven't <laughs> really seen anybody other than me every couple of months <laughs> on Facebook.
2: I mean, I think that a lot of people are uh, d- dislike Jeff Bezos. I think the same hate should be should be given to people like Elon Musk or any any billionaire that first of all that exists, but second of all, that right. decides to go to space right.
1: I feel like a lot of people are actually celebrating it and mm. acting like it is, you know, this new frontier mm. and we're going to take industry Ooh. to outer space. It's so
2: Who funny,
0: the fuck right? What's
1: industry in outer space mm-hmm. so you guys can ruin those fucking planets too? Like what?
2: Okay. And
1: I, and I also don't believe that they're gonna take industry to outer space. Like no. I just feel like rich people are gonna figure out how to survive on outer space
2: uh-huh. and leave
1: us poor's down here on earth <laughs> in the next like hundred mm. years.
2: I, first of all, you're hitting on something that deeply resonates with me. Um, yeah. As somebody who th- thinks a lot about space. <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, that your
1: first time saying that out loud or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that like,
2: I, I spend a lot of time thinking about things that are r- r- largely pointless. But... <laughs> it, it's right. like space. <laughs> it's a, well, yes, like space. It's amazing to me how much, um, again, peop- our imaginations are shaped by the stories that we tell and what's yes. come before. And I think what is amazing to me is that so much of the language of space exploration right now is is literally colonialist language. Yes. About going to a terra nullis, you know, a virgin land, an empty land and and. and planting your flag on it and filling it with your new frontier exactly right like and like we've we've heard these stories before and these stories were used to enact literal genocides of of people and ecosystems um but because these stories are are in our culture they're in the air it's like the only way we know how to communicate things that are happening now Mm -hmm. so then when you see somebody like jeff bezos flying out in space like you have this automatic like this reaction in you that's been planted in you since you were a little kid, hearing these stories about colonization that, like, oh, this is a brave thing, uh, rich white dude, to do, <laughs> expanding <laughs> new frontiers, uh, and, and it deserves to be celebrated. Um, but the reason that, that it feels like it's something to be celebrated is because of the legacy of colonialism.
1: Yeah, right? I'm black, I know better.
2: We, yeah, we know what happens when 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 people plant flags in so-called empty lands.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so much of what we're talking about has been um, th- stuff that we've liked in, in in terms of our episodes, challenging whiteness mm-hmm. and things we've been doing in our church structure, doing the same thing. What's been your experience of being a white dude
0: doing this work? Um, when we we're preparing for this episode and like thinking about what we we're going to talk about. I had a hard time looking back at this year and being able to mark much of anything. I have really this this year has been very disorienting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt really lost much of this last year. <sighs> I the things we talk about and and the way we talk about them have actually like it, it's 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 really. Um, created some distance in some of in, in some relationships. Um, watching our watching our church really struggle as as the um, you know we've talked about we've 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 talked about all kinds of things in the in the field of anti racism, but the um, I'm using the mirror again, but like the mirror is finally turned on us, and it has really um, been uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. so I just like I've I've felt on like such a different page in so many areas this last year mm-hmm. and I've thought, like that's been very overwhelming for me yeah um I think it's been good um, I'm not anywhere near through it but I I have spent a lot of this year feeling disoriented Did, what
2: uh what does that disorientation look like for you personally though like do you think what you doesn't line up with what's actually happening or what how do, What do you mean
0: yeah, I, I think that's what I mean. Um, you know, I'm, um, I'm actually, I'm grateful for the two of you specifically. Um, when, I, when I think about how, um, when, we're, when, when our church is, is really divided about things that have to do with anti-racism, and, and, and actually like white people have a whole different narrative about what is going on. When I'm in those white spaces, um, especially because these are people I care about, they're they're people I've I've like deep friendships with. These these narratives that end up being about like, well, this is a power struggle. Um, I start to believe them, right? Like it, it really matters who I'm who I'm in relationship with and who I'm talking to. Um, because if like. If it weren't for relationships like ours, I would have a completely different idea, not only of just what's going on in the church, but just what's going on in the world, about what's what's happening between people. Like, mm-hmm. white people, we just don't see it. And it's sad.
2: Yeah. I mean, how do you feel... Um... How does it feel to be I mean I I understand that you, like you occupy multiple spaces yeah and that you move between like different circles like you have you're able, you're in this like this space with two persons of color and you can mm-hmm. also go to these white spaces with people that you've been friends with a long time who are i who I think are uh, a lot are deeply misguided in a lot of ways or are misunderstanding like mm-hmm how do you feel about maintaining those relationships or can you maintain those relationships?
0: Yeah. I don't know. What's
1: it like to be white right now?
0: Yeah. Like, well, that's what what we asking. What what it's like to be white right now is, (laughs) is to like dread opening my emails. Um, and really not look, look forward to like phone calls and text messages either. Like I, like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Um, I'm, yeah. Mostly, I'm just like I'm just avoiding any kind of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I get it. I get it, Chris. Really I,
2: I want to avoid conflict too. But sometimes, man, I know. I I, I mean, I, I I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, uh,
1: I'm smiling because I very rarely avoid conflict. Well, yeah. Beth,
2: just I think the thing is like. I know. <laughs> <It's>, it, <laughs>
1: I'm literally the polar opposite, and that is very hard.
2: Yeah, no. I don't it, think Beth can not avoid. Belle, well, the thing is, Beth can't avoid conflict without without giving up her dignity, and that's true about me as well. Right. Um, right. And I think you yeah. occupy this unique space, Chris, where um, uh, yeah, you you can you can keep your dignity and avoid conflict, but at the same time, like, what makes me, what what makes me trust you hopefully is the idea that um is that you you have the power to stand up for me if people were talking shit about me <laughs> and yep. that you would <laughs> 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 right <laughs> i don't know see, I, I
1: love that that turned into a question <laughs> like it-
2: was a statement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Andrew was like, I don't know about his response. So let me, let me make sure. Oh,
2: no. We're getting we're really getting into the weeds here and this is getting so hyper specific about our church context. But at the same time, I
1: really wanted us to talk about how this year has shaped us. Yeah. That's what I envisioned. Yeah, I yeah, envisioned yeah, those yeah. topics, I envisioned talking about the church would lead us into how the year individually shaped
0: us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, and, and Beth for me that's like this year's been painful mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know how like that, is, that feels like the most honest thing I can say about the what last has year. been
1: painful about it for you because it's been painful for all of us yeah. in such vastly different ways
0: yeah um I haven't talked to <laughs> in like five or six months now hmm that's how it's painful for me
1: and it's from conflict from our podcast.
0: Yeah, the last the last conversation we had is one where he mocked the way I talk on this podcast. Mm. It got really personal. Yeah. And I was like, you can't abuse me anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking yeah. to you. Yeah. that's And I'm like, that has really shaped my year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know how to like talk about that.
1: Well, it I think sometimes when you put a stop to abuse, there's this phase where you have to redefine who you are. Yeah. And reconfigure who you are. So I wonder what that's been like for you, yeah, on this podcast and in the church.
0: I hope I hope for this podcast it means that I'm I'm not filtering everything through what thinks like like so I'm not like filtering my speech and the mm-hmm. way I'm thinking because like that that like that haltering that he was like making fun of was uh, completely about like me trying not to say something wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and me thinking about by wrong you mean something that he would latch on to yeah 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 I'm like trying to like ride this kind of middle ground Mm. yeah
2: I could definitely feel I mean I could definitely sense that Chris and I think we've talked about this before
0: yeah and I when I listen back to the first part of this year I'm like yeah I could that's what it was going on for me Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. as the world is falling apart I'm still thinking about the white people I'm related to who might still be listening (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know yeah
1: and avoiding having the conflict with them
0: well and and, and some of them I was even some of them I was even talking to but I just like, I, and honestly, like I stopped talking to other people in my family because I was like, oh, you're not actually listening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you just want to have a conversation. But like, you're not taking anything into account that I'm saying. And you're not like you're asking a lot of questions and not bringing yourself into this. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, there's all these like, there are people who've been asking me why I haven't called them. And I'm like, if I tell you. I just feel like I'm going to get gaslighted more. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, that sounds really incredibly painful, and I understand where you're coming from. I mean, do you... Do but, you, I, like, I want to bring something of
0: that here, because that has been where I'm at.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, to, I get it. How much of this do you...
0: Can we keep this in, Chris? <laughs> the thing is, is I'm not alone in that, and I think that is important.
1: I think that's really important, honestly, Chris, this has been one of the most important things you've added to the to mm-hmm. our conversations this year. Yeah, this conversation feels really pivotal and yeah. almost feels like a break like a break point for you.
2: It needs to happen,
1: so let's do it.
2: I mean Chris, here's obviously, it's untenable for you to occupy a middle space where you don't say anything that offends anyone for this right. for the purpose of avoiding conflict like at some point you are going to have to assert yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and I think the line I'm trying to draw is not being assertive, but it's it's um some of this is is like when in these when in in, in some very specific relationships where I I am being assertive and I and I am bringing myself to the forefront and I'm either getting ab- abused or dismissed, do I um, do I pull back on those relationships, those specific ones? Mm-hmm. But then also, right, in in terms of, like, white people I love who are off, or I think are off, like, yeah, I, I, I do want to bring more of my full self to bear in those conflicts. You know, I could be wrong too, I probably am, but I at least want to, like, um, say what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, you know, Beth, I've I've been in spaces with you where you did the where you did the speaking up, and that's just not that's that's not a tenable solution to the issues we're having. Like, and in in general, it's just like people of color addressing the issues of of race that are that are happening in the moment all the time. That's death, mm-hmm. and and like yeah, I, I see those things too, and it is. I do want to t- I want to speak up more in the moment. Mhm.
1: And I also think that's the only way that change happens, right? Yeah. Like society yeah. doesn't change until white people change. So when white people start speaking up, when white people start noticing the things that white people's eyes have not been trained to see, yeah. that's when change happens communally.
2: Yeah. And I get that there's not, you know, there's not necessarily a resolution to this because you're still you're still navigating the best way to do this. Yeah, I'm I'm still figuring it out. I do, I yeah, I I get it. I I don't really have anything to add other than that I I think for for me <laughs> and for a lot of people and for this church, like people are we're realizing the importance of uh of clarity. Mm-hmm. How much we want clarity and how how valuable it is how navigating these kind of ambiguous in-between spaces it, it, it deliberately or not deliberately isn't a tenable place to live
0: yeah and for the like there's there's people within that context like me where like it's safe to plateau mm. mm-hmm. you know it's a middle ground made for me but like you know I just perish slowly while I watch BIPOC people come and leave
1: mm.
0: like it's a revolving door for them I stay and die slowly
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm.
0: yeah uh i don't i have no idea
2: where to take this at this point <laughs> beth do you have any ideas
0: where's that left laugh track
1: <laughs> <laughs> um i i want to build off of that because yeah, what right. chris is speaking to is the general like feeling that we're having that like oh, we have to change. Like mm-hmm. we are different people now and yeah. we have to respond to the world differently.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anything that this year has taught us, it's that these um, a, a different way to respond to the world is necessary. Mm-hmm. Whether we're talking about things that have happened, the mounting problems, everything from mm-hmm. January 6th to the pandemic to billionaires going into space, or even in our private church context, like, the way that we've done things in the past cannot be the way we continue to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, uh, should we end it there?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
2: Okay. Yeah. The last thing we'd like to do is talk about whatever we're into this week. Uh, Beth, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So, I think the day before we were originally going to record this, we had lost the... Um, incredible original feminist thinker, lover of self, um, yeah, and writer, and she transitioned into being an ancestor, but I am referring to Bell Hooks. Mm -hmm. Um, Her ideology and her writing has inspired me over the years, um, and I wanted to read a quote from her about love. Genuine love is rarely an emotional space where needs are instantly gratified. To know love, we have to invest time and commitment. Dreaming that love will save us, solve all our problems, or provide a steady state of bliss or security only keeps us stuck in wishful fantasy, undermining the real power of the love, which is to transform us. Many people want to love to function like a drug, giving them an immediate and sustained high. They want to do nothing, just passively receive that good feeling. I really like her interpretation of love as like an action and creating space for people to grow. Mm-hmm. So that felt like a really... um important quote and then i'm also into as of tonight nighttime is the right time by ray charles that is a really sexy song from like the <laughs> 1940s and i never really paid attention to it until it happened to come on my alexa tonight and i was like oh this song is a vibe i really enjoy it all right so those are the two things that i'm into
0: nice chris I'm what are you me. into um my nibbling you guys know do you know the word nibbling is this familiar to you? There's a gender neutral form of um niece nephew. It's nibbling. Um, because I have a, a nibbling who identifies as um nonbinary. Um they are a wonderful creator. Um one of the things from this last year, right, was that meme that went around of Bernie Sanders at the inauguration with his with his little mittens tucked under his armpits. Well, there's a crochet pattern and they, they knit me. This this adorable oh
2: my gosh (laughs) that's that's so cute (laughs) that's hilarious
0: Um, the that is so adorable last year they made me a baby Yoda um, and my my nephew made me these two gnomes and these I took pictures of them all year long on little adventures and made a calendar out of them and so like my, my goal is to like incorporate this dude in with the other three characters for for a 2022 calendar.
1: (laughs) That's so much fun.
0: Cool.
2: Um, The thing that I am into is um, I am into... uh, Christian Hall was um, a Chinese-American adoptee that was murdered by the police last year Mm -hmm. at the end of December last year, basically a year ago uh, from now. But um, his family had been... Really pushing for the for the state police to release the video of the of the shooting the full video of the shooting because they because the bystanders and and people say that he had his hands up when he was shot uh but the police say that he was uh he was uh he he had a he had a pellet gun that he had and the police are say are saying that he was getting ready to shoot it or something they thought it was a real gun his family agitated for the release of the video uh, basically for the entire year last year. And I think at some point in the summer, I was like, it's not going to happen. Like, there's so much other stuff going on. This this story is going to get lost. Like, it's just not going to happen. But then uh, a few weeks ago, they, the lawyers were able to get the police to release the video. And yeah, he had his hands up when he was shot. Wow. Yeah. So I th- what I'm into is the incredible uh determination and love mm. demonstrated by his family i saw his mom mm-hmm. and dad speak at a rally over the summer and just listening to like his dad talk about like g- visiting him at the grocery store and christian like introducing his dad his dad to like all his coworkers, or listening to his mom talk about how she doesn't want to move his coat from the chair where he left oh. it for the last time it was just mm-hmm. like just heartbreaking um and the fact like and i i I admire so much like his family and just their determination and perseverance in the name of justice um and i hope that you know i i hope that this video helps them get closer to that so um that and the other thing that i'm into and i i have to say this uh is my friend tommy cole um earlier today we have like a group chat going um and one of one of my friends said something like, "Has anyone done a twenty three in me thing?" And I was like, "No, that shit is for white people <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was the reaction I was looking for, but the only person that gave me a laugh react was Tommy. Um, so
1: that's why you're into him. This
2: is why I'm into it because it reminds <laughs> yeah. me of why I love Tommy, and the the reason is Tommy is all all of my friends, the, my friends from back in Allentown on that group chat. Basically, all of them are, are are white dudes, um, including Tommy, but Tommy is so secure in in my love for him that like he never he, like I can he like he can have a laugh react to that joke. You know, like he'll, he'll, he'll think that's funny. (laughs) Like I can, like he under, he understands that like, I, I, I am not indicting whiteness personally in him. And even if I do, even, even if I have to call him out on something problematic that he's done, which I have, he can, he's fine with it because he knows I love him. He is secure in that love. And I admire him so much for that security. And he demonstrates that security in everything that he does. Mm. And, um, I don't know. He, he, uh, he
1: trusts that people love him. He does.
2: He trusts that people love him. You know, and uh, his, he just had another kid, and they all had COVID last week. And he was, like, Aww. texting from his bed. and It just uh, feels like a matter of time, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But, you know, I was really worried about him. Uh, I don't know. I appreciate him a lot, I guess is what I'm saying okay um
1: well now i want to shout out my white friend that i like a lot oh now. yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> white friend shout out <laughs> it'll
0: be yeah at the end at of the each end episode. of each episode <laughs> special what, what white. Do i thanks. do in that segment same? <laughs>
1: special white thanks special thanks to this white person who didn't annoy the fuck out of me uh, this week
0: yeah <laughs>
2: Um, Yeah, a special thanks to Tess Patino, our social media goddess. Jared Selby does our theme song and Amy Young manages our website.
1: And we haven't heard from you all in a while and you know how I feel about that. So please be sure to go to (laughs) colorcorrectionpodcast.com and leave us a line and let us know how you're doing your Jesus following and anti-racism and what you're hoping for in 2022. So with that, Stay black, Little Mermaid.
2: Uh, not to get too deep in the weeds uh, of science fiction here. (laughs) Do you believe
1: (laughs) that uh, other life exists in outer space, Andrew? Oh,
2: wait, yeah. Well, here's the thing. It it is amazing to me. I think it's quite possible that other life exists. I think that it's... I, I wonder if any... It is amazing to me how a lot of people think that intelligent life that looks and acts like us is inevitable. And I think that's white supremacy. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Not that looks and acts like us. Absolutely not. I think that's. Oh, interesting. Wait,
2: I think the idea that other alien civilizations or whatever, that first of all, that aliens develop a so called civilization. Um, And that civilization is eventually technological. And then that civilization starts expanding and going from planet to planet, exploring right. and taking over and right. building an empire. Oh yeah, I think that is th- that is white supremacy. I think that's the the idea that like the only way for a, a living thing to develop is to one day take over its environment yeah. and then spread to other environments and expand like a cancer, mm-hmm. like a capitalist cancer. Like they that that's the only <laughs> path for something to go right. on. I think right. that's white mm-hmm. supremacy. Mm-hmm. And all these stories that we have about, like, going to the stars and meeting other aliens and, it, like, empires in the stars, um, I, think the, I think that's racist. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's just a way to enact our colonialist history onto space because these mm-hmm. are the only stories we've ever told uh, about our past and our future.
1: That's a thought that I have not considered before.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I feel like I oftentimes hear like white people referencing that there is no like um alien life force, and that feels super racist to me mm. to consider that like humankind is the only um. Or the most supreme living being that uh-huh. exists. And it feels ridiculous to think that the divine, like I tweeted this the other day or maybe yesterday, but it feels so outlandish to me to consider that the divine could only con- like conceive of humankind.
2: Yeah. Mm. Like to
1: think that we are it feels like white supremacist, um, elitist thinking.
2: Mm-hmm. Here's the thing I mean, I would agree with you, but I also think like, to think that the that the way we've developed is the only way that anything can do, be developed i i think is is uh is white supremacist yeah. thinking mm-hmm. like
1: which i think a lot of people are afraid of that like aliens want to come over here or something like that
0: well and and that's like i i think that just is is the manifestation of ourselves right like these things white we supremacy know, like like the monsters in us like yes mm-hmm. like that's what we would do mm-hmm why wouldn't Yeah, you that? that's
1: exactly what you're saying, Andrew. I mean yeah
0: and,
2: uh, you
1: I feel like those aliens are just like beep bop bork and that means fuck around and find out. Like <laughs> leave them alone uh-huh. and we'll leave y'all alone. Like that's I, I like if there's any alien life force out there, oh, I don't gosh. think they want no problems.
0: I'd like to think that their that they're like supremacy is in like they they just like they they basically wrapped a giant mirror around everything that we can see. And, uh-huh, and just fenced us in. <laughs> he, this is what I, th- I mean, it, it, we're really
2: off topic right now. But I get tired. I <laughs> yeah, get we're tired diving deeper this. then. What, All right, let's, let's one of my favorite, th- one of my favorite, um, well, what, uh, a book that I'm reading right now is David Graeber's Dawn of Everything. But one thing that he points out is that when European colonizers got to North America and tried to like spread their culture and religion to indigenous people basically what they what happened is that frequently indigenous people native people were like why would we want to live like you Mm -hmm. why would we want to spend all day like working in a field and uh buying and selling things and like just slaving away when we could be doing living living, when we could be (laughs) hunting (laughs) gathering farming small crops telling Mm -hmm. stories around the fire uh it, it, why would we want to have kings and popes and armies and stuff like what's, mm-hmm. like they couldn't understand it like what's the right. appeal again <laughs> uh, it's just I, I wonder if if we were to find other aliens or other intelligent life they would be like why like why would we be stupid enough to do what you're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> like why would we be stupid enough to like destroy our planet in the name of mm. uh, I don't know generating more energy and then right. and then use that energy to go out and destroy more planets and produce more energy like why would we want to do that again <laughs> mm-hmm. so and
1: i i think we're kind of going left but i i also think it just <laughs> makes sense because we're talking about like white men fetishizing like a foreign thing mm-hmm. right so like white men have fetishized every foreign woman that could exist and now <laughs> i space? think because <laughs> i think that kind of uh-huh. f- is what i feel oh, like yeah, like for sure absolutely this is going to turn into colonialism of yeah. space and like how am i really gonna watch how ugly this can get mm-hmm. i think right. that's what i've thought oh, like yeah. my initial thought wa- watching that um capsule go into the air was like oh fuck they did it
0: mm-hmm. you know what those like, aliens damn. need same day shipping <laughs>